0: Welcome to episode 85 of the Witch Money podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week.
1: You have to, I think, unfortunately, make peace with the fact that there is no silver bullet. There's no magically safe investment account out there that pays a high and steady rate of interest.
2: I often think back to one of the first articles I wrote at which in around 2012, 2013, and in that I was lamenting the fact that the best instant access rate at the time had fallen from around 3% to around 2%. Uh, Clearly we did not know how good we had it. The, The key really is for customers to understand what does their current account offer them today, but actually what could they be offered if they choose to switch.
0: Along with our money expert Jenny Ross this week we'll be looking at some of the ways you can max out your bank accounts to boost your finances for 2021. Find out how to make the most of your current account, maximise returns on any savings and manage any lingering debt. We are which. As we're recording this, it's nearing the end of January, but I think we can still just about get away with saying it's a new year, give or take. And it's as good a reason as any to get your finances in the best shape for the months ahead. And in this episode, we'll have heaps of tips to help make the most of your money. Now, 2020 was of course a tough year. The the pandemic came at our finances from seemingly every angle, and savings were no exception to this. Jenny, how are interest rates looking at the moment? Is it fair to say that
2: recently they've been pretty measly, haven't they? You know what, Lucia? I think that is probably too fair, if anything. I would go with dire, abysmal, um, Mm -hmm. practically non-existent, and... This this is actually nothing new, really, either. Savers have had a really bumpy ride for years now. And whenever I see the latest rate cuts, the state of the savings market, I I often think back to one of the first articles I wrote at which in around 2012 or 2013. And in that, I was lamenting the fact that the best instant access rate at the time had fallen from around 3% to around 2%. Clearly, we did not know how good we had it because <laughs> savers today can only dream of, of, of those kinds of returns. Things really have gone from, from bad to worse since then. And especially in the past year, um, since the Bank of England made its uh, emergency cut to the base rate uh, back in March last year, uh, taking it down to 0.1%, that sent savings rates into freefall. And now uh, we're looking at for an average easy access um, savings account that has hit a record low of 0.18% down from 0.59% on average uh, this time last year. So what that means is that if if you saved a thousand pounds at the end of a year you'd have just one pound eighty to show for your for your savings and even even the best rates today so the best rate on an instant access account pays just 0.6%. It's a torrid old time to to be a saver out there and you know even just earning something on your on your money is 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 an achievement. The Bank of England has said that around 215 billion pounds of savings is sat just hanging out in accounts that aren't paying a penny in interest at all. And this this is obviously a terrible state of affairs. It's a real problem because not not only are you you're not getting anything, you're not being rewarded for um, squirreling your hard earned cash away, but uh, you're also um, staring down the barrel of inflation and the erosive effects that 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 can have. So if your savings are sitting in an account that's paying less than the rate of inflation which is currently 0.6% then the value of your cash in real terms is is being um, is being eroded away so yeah it's um, it's a pretty bleak old picture unfortunately
0: so so if your savings are somewhat stagnating in a low rate account what are your options is there enough difference out there to make it worth moving your money into another savings account
2: that is a very good question, Lutier, and it's what it's one I think a lot of savers will have been weighing up over the past few years, really, because the gap between best and best and worst savings rates has has narrowed drastically, and I couldn't blame anyone for a second if they're thinking, God, what what is the point, you know, for an extra well, you know, could be just a few pounds. Um, is it really worth my while going, um, going to the effort of the, the admin of of switching provider? Mm. You know, at the end of the day, earning, earning something is better than earning nothing, of course. Um, try, try not to feel too defeated. I think the point around inflation is especially important. If you're, if you're earning less than, well, at the moment, it's uh, inflation is at 06 percent. If you're earning any less than that, then your say your savings are at risk of being being eroded away. So that should really give you the impetus to to try and get a little bit to, to try and make them work a little bit harder. Um, the general rule of thumb is that the longer you can um, lock your money away for, the higher uh, the higher the rate of interest you're likely to get in return. And yes, the gap is 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 pretty narrow, but it's it's still the case that if you tie your money up in a fixed rate savings account for um, anything between one and five years, you're going to get um, a healthier return than you would on an instant access account where you can get your cash out at any point without, without any penalty. So um, I mentioned before that uh, for easy access accounts, the best rates there are around 0.6%. If you're willing to tie your money up for a year, you're looking a little bit uh, above that around 0.9 percent and then the the best best you can hope for right now unfortunately in a five-year account is is around 1.4 percent so that is less than half of that um that glorious uh instant access rate of around three percent that I was talking about that existed back in back in 2013 so it's it's not it's not a cheery picture but I I, I would encourage anyone to um to to try to do a bit of housekeeping on their savings and just make sure that they're not they're not actually going going backwards because of the um, because of the effects of inflation so if you have longer term goals for your savings this can open up more doors
0: investment strategist ben kumar at seven investment management stresses the importance of knowing how long you plan to save your money
1: what savers have to have a long hard think about and be really honest with themselves is how long they're saving the money for because if you're saving the money for a a decent amount of time you know thinking in terms of decades or more than five or seven years then actually there are investment opportunities available whether it whether it's investing in kind of multi-asset funds like we run at 7IM or whether it's, it's investing in stocks and shares, there are lots of opportunities still out there to, to generate a return. However, it must be remembered that it's not the same as the rate of interest you get paid every month. You are investing for the long-term, hoping that your capital appreciates over time. If you are a saver with a short-term time horizon, you probably can't take those kind of those kind of risks as the market moves up and down. You have to, I think, unfortunately, make peace with the fact that there is no silver bullet. There's no magically safe investment account out there that pays a high and steady rate of interest.
0: Jenny, if you're planning to keep your savings for a long time, say you're saving for a deposit on a home or or retirement, what else should you consider?
2: well if you've if you've got a healthy emergency savings fund set aside and and you're now looking at longer term goals it is definitely time to start thinking about leaving those nice safe waters of of cash for the for the deeper end of the stock market And it's worth pointing out again like you know i've I've, I've already made this point but it's worth emphasizing that keeping all of your savings in cash is a much riskier strategy than you might think um there's actually a phenomenon it's known as reckless conservatism so you know in 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 keeping your money nice and safe or what you think is, is safe in cash you are actually at the mercy of inflation um and you're missing out on the possibility of much much higher returns. So according to the investment platform, Charles Stanley Direct, if you had invested £10,000 in global markets in 2010, that would now be worth around £30,742 compared with just £11,230 if you'd kept that money in a cash savings account. So yes, the potential for reward is is much greater, but of course, that means you are um, taking on a degree of risk as well. A good starting point is the investment equivalent of a cash ISA, um, known as a stocks and shares ISA, And those are basically tax free wrappers. And inside of that wrapper, you can invest up to £20,000 each year, which is the overall ISA allowance. You can split that that amount however you want between cash and stocks and shares. Um, And inside that uh, investment ISA, you can hold a whole variety of of different investments. But the the key thing is when when you come to pick those investments, unlike with cash savings you can't pick investments based on a on a headline rate of interest there's no guarantee returns are going to go up and down depending on the performance of the underlying investments that you've got in in the isa so instead what you need to focus on is thinking about your uh, what's known as your risk appetite so basically the amount of, of risk that you're you're willing to take on and with that you that's going to help you decide how to split your money between different types of investment. And that's a process known as asset allocation. So for example, if you you wanted to take on less risk, you'd allocate more of your portfolio to less risky investments. So things like government bonds, um, compared to equities or shares in, in companies. If, if you're not sure about your risk appetite, then it might be time to take financial advice, but obviously that, that does come at a cost. So taking, taking the DIY route can help keep costs to a minimum. There are investment platforms that are also known as fund supermarkets that um, give you a whole choice of loads of different types of investments. Um, and some of them actually allow you to uh, you know, take your own sorts of uh, risk assessment or tests to give you an idea of how you compare to to other investors. should also say, circling back to, you know, your long-term saving goals, if you are, um, you know, specifically looking to save for your first home, there is a, a savings account specifically designed um, for that uh, for Uh, for that goal, a lifetime ISA. So in that you can save up to £4,000 a year, and you'll get a government bonus on top of up to uh, £1,000 a year. And that can be either kept in cash, um, or you can um, open a stocks and shares lifetime ISA as well, um, as long as you are between 18 and 39. And you're using it either to buy your first home or um, for retirement. And then just just final point on on retirement. If that's if that's your main focus for your savings, then don't forget um, your lovely pensions. Um, pensions have the huge benefit of tax relief, which means that uh, the money that you contribute is effectively topped up by the government. So if you are looking to uh, to boost your retirement retirement income think about upping your contributions to your workplace pension rather than keeping that money in a cash savings account earning earning next to nothing
0: we are which now, current accounts can also give meaningful returns, albeit on lower amounts. But is this one area we too often neglect? I know for a long time after university, I was guilty of keeping the same student turned grad current account without too much thought. Now this week, we've been speaking with Joe Ainsley from the Current Account Switch service about the importance of shopping around.
2: For many people, if I certainly think about just the last year, switching current account may not have been forefront of their mind. Um. I'm I'm sure kind of job security uh well-being of friends and family has probably topped that list in the same way that we've seen a real shift into people being more aware of uh, being able to switch their energy provider for instance or their um their mobile phone provider i do think that that is the momentum that we will build for um current account switching Um i think that the key really is for customers to understand what does their current account offer them today but actually what could they be offered um if they choose to switch
0: Since my student account days, I'm now a kind of seasoned switcher, I suppose. But speaking to friends and family, it doesn't seem to have really caught on. Jenny, for anyone who hasn't switched before, it's actually a lot easier than it might seem, isn't it?
2: It really is. And Lucia, it's great to hear that you are a convert to to the world of switching, because I I think you're right that... um, it just doesn't occur to, to to some people. Um but since since twenty thirteen the whole process of switching your bank account um had a massive overhaul and it's now no hassle at all really. Um the process takes just seven working days and your new bank will transfer all of your regular incoming and outgoing payments along with your balance and uh, any pay details that you've saved uh, for online or for telephone banking will also be moved over and i think i think the real thing that that, that bothers people they're concerned about when they're moving is what happens to any payments that made into your old account um does that does that money just disappear into the ether but no um that any payments made to your old closed account will be automatically redirected to your new one so really there's there's no excuses for for, for looking for for a better deal because it should it should be a, a really seamless process and it's one that i've done gosh i've probably done it about three times in in, in the past uh past five years or so and I encountered no problems at all. You simply make your, um, make your application with the new provider and say that you want to switch using the current account switch service. The new provider will will take care of all of the logistics. It's up to you when that switch date happens. So you can set the date, um, at least seven working days afterwards, and then just, just wait for an update. Um, the, the key thing to say is that the current account switch service does Im- involve closing your old account altogether. So, if you want to leave it open, you can do a partial switch instead. But what that usually means is that you won't be eligible for any switching incentives that are offered by your by your new provider because they want you to to fully make the transition over to them. And if you want any more information um, about what's involved with current account switching, you can visit the uh, the current account switch guarantee website at currentaccountswitch.co.uk. So Jenny, current accounts offer a range of perks to suit different needs.
0: Can you talk us through some of the table toppers from across the board that are out there now?
2: I can, but I've got to say it is a bit of a similar story to savings in that current account perks sadly aren't what they once were, but there are st- there's still you know plenty out there to, to, to make it worth your while um, moving provider. So f- first and foremost, I mean, you've got to think about which account what type of account is the best match for your circumstances. So, you know, if you're, if you're overdrawn a lot, focus on finding one that's going to cost you less. And likewise, if you always in credit, then look for an account that's going to pay you interest on that balance. In the, In the past, actually, that the, the interest that you could earn in current accounts, well, it, it used to be a lot better than it than it is now. But also that, could quite often be outstripped by the financial carrots that um the banks would would dangle to to tempt switches. so you could get yeah you know, around 100 pounds up to I think around 150 pounds in cash up front from some providers but these offers have really evaporated since the pandemic with banks just dedicating more um more energy to serving their existing customers so right now uh, Virgin Money is actually the only bank to offer that kind of freebie It's giving away a 15 bottle case of wine um, from Virgin Wines for any switches um, and is sweetening the deal with um, interest of up to 2.02% on up to £1,000. So that would give you a return of £20 over a year. It also comes with a linked easy access savings account that pays 0.5%, which is not too shabby in the current market. Other accounts worth mentioning. Yeah, there are a few other interest paying current accounts out there. Nationwide's Flex Direct account pays 2% on up to £1,500. So that's a a maximum of £30 over a year. After that, it drops to 0.25%. And I should also point out as well that it's quite quite common with, with current accounts that pay interest, they require you to pay in a minimum amount each month to to qualify. So in Nationwide's case, uh, that amount is £1,000. You've also got um, Club Lloyd's and the Bank of Scotland uh, Vantage account paying 0.6% on up to £3,999.99 and 1.5% on balances above that to £5,000. So it's all quite a complicated uh, structure there, but the upshot is you're looking at a maximum of a return of around thirty-eight pounds in a year. There's also a minimum pay-in there as well. So, yeah, the, the, the market isn't quite as, as tantalising as it, as it has been in the past, um, but it's it's still worth seeing where you could improve on your on your current deal. And of course, it's not just the deals themselves to be uh, to be looked at. It's also levels of of. Customer Customer service. You know, if you've had a bad experience with your bank in the past, then don't. There's, there's absolutely no need to put up with it. We rank banks every year by, uh, by customer satisfaction. You can find that list at which.co.uk/forward/slash/banking. Now, fee-free overdrafts
0: can be a useful tool for managing debt. And if you're paying interest on a credit card, another useful string to your bow could be a 0% balance transfer. Jenny, can you talk us through how you can move debt to another credit card or
2: bank account? Sure. I mean, you, you've already um, explained the benefit there, here of a, of a 0% balance transfer deal. You are essentially cutting the interest that you're paying on a credit card balance that you're not in a position to, to pay off in full right now. When you're looking for a 0% balance transfer card, there are really two things that you need to look at. Um, one of them is is the length of the deal. So in other words, how long you'll have to repay, uh, repay the amount that you owe before you start being charged interest. And the other thing to bear in mind is that in most cases, you'll also be charged a percentage of the amount that you're transferring as an upfront fee. So it's not Technically, naught percent, completely. Um, if you're, you know, if you're shifting a balance of two thousand pounds, for example, and the fee is two percent, you'll you'll need to pay uh, an upfront fee of of forty pounds, but then you won't have any interest um, to pay for the duration of of the deal. The longer deals tend to have the higher fees, so don't rush straight for the longest one on the market if if you think you're going to be able to to clear the debt in in a shorter time. And another golden rule of using um, balance transfer deals is to to make sure that once once you've moved the debt, you still you don't need to pay it all off at once, obviously, because you've bought yourself some time to do that um, without having to pay any interest. But do make sure you're paying at least the minimum payment each, each month. If you don't, you could end up losing the 0% deal altogether and reverting to the lender's standard interest rate, which is going to be much higher than the 0%. Beware of spending on a balance transfer card. It's it's there for you to pay down your debt. Um, and unless it also offers a 0% period on purchases, which some cards do, they're a, a bit of a two-in-one, that can prove really costly. Um, so, yes, yeah, steer, steer clear. So, Jenny, you know what's coming now. Can you share with us some of the top credit
0: cards for for 0% balance transfers at the moment and also if you don't have a sparkling credit score could you
2: still get one of these I've already flagged that longer deals aren't necessarily the top deals but <laughs> if you are if if that is what you're focusing on so Sainsbury's Bank offers the longest 0% period on the market at the moment up to 29 months but Crucially, that that isn't guaranteed. That that, that length of deal. Um, you're right to point out, Lucia, that, that that your credit score can affect the type of deal that you're offered, um, and that that is the case with with Sainsbury's Bank. So you could be offered a, a lower 0% period of 25 or 21 months, um, depending on on how the lender has, has assessed you. And that could also affect the fee that you have to pay as well. So it could be uh, an upfront fee of 3% or 4%. The other thing, uh, important thing to, to flag with Sainsbury's Bank is that it's not accepting self-employed people at the moment. So, if you're looking slightly further down the table, um, actually not that far behind at all, but um, Virgin Money is offering 28 months uh, at 0 percent, and that is a definite 28 months. If you're accepted, um, you won't, yeah, you, you won't be offered less than that, and the fee is slightly lower than Sainsbury's at two point seven percent. If you're looking to um, avoid a fee altogether, then Santander has the longest fee free. Um, balance transfer deal uh, offering 18 months at 0%. If you are if you are worried about your your credit score and whether you, you think you'll qualify for for any of these these deals and actually actual fact it's just a great rule of thumb generally when applying for any type of credit card it's a really good idea to use uh, use an eligibility checker before you actually go ahead and submit an application to a lender and you can find you can find those on various comparison sites but it will basically ask you to submit um, some key details and should then generate a list of credit cards that you're most likely to be accepted for and it just gives means that you can make a more informed decision about about the cards to apply for and you won't end up having to apply and then be rejected and then potentially you know further reduce your chances of being accepted for other cards in the future Thanks Jenny
0: and thank you for listening to this episode of the Witch money podcast if you've got a comment or question on anything we've mentioned today please let us know in the comments wherever you're listening to the podcast or on social media at Witch money for more money news and advice on all things personal finance visit which.co.uk forward slash money This episode of the Witch Money podcast was produced and edited by Rob Lilly with additional support from Ian Aikman and Kim Carver.